have your Bible, turn with me to the book of John. John. John, the third chapter. We're going to start with the 22nd verse. I'm reading out of the King James. Verse 22 starts this way. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized and John also was baptizing in Anon near Salim because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. For John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that is with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all, and what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that receiveth his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. For whom God hath sent speaketh the word of God, for God giveth not the Spirit giveth not the Spirit, but by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and he that, and hath given all things into his hand. Verse 36. And he hath believed on the Son. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. I pray, Father, today that this servant, will we'll divide rightly the word of God, Father, before this congregation, that we will hear a true and sure word for the moment in which we live. God, I thank you for all that we have come here today to celebrate. But, Father, you're the object of my affection today. Let my words be tempered and let your intention be heard. And we give you the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name and all the saints said, amen, amen. So just before, prior to what I started reading, Jesus is having this candid conversation with uh, the, one of the scribes, Nicodemus. And he's explaining the miracle of the second birth, how to be born again. First birth in this life is the birth of water. Every child is in a water sack in this life. And the natural birth is when the water breaks and then we are delivered 
But the second birth is of heaven. It's of a heavenly origin. And it's something that happens within a man, not from without. Today, everyone would probably expect me to preach on the crucifixion itself. The crucifixion is the thing that split time in half. The crucifixion and the resurrection separated B.C. from A.D., the man who came in and split time in half, Jesus Christ, through that one act, changed the entire course of history and the world. He rolled back the sin of man all the way to the first man, Adam, and all the way forward to the last person who will receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then he shall return to this earth in a mighty move and a mighty push and rule and reign a kingdom of peace. How many are excited about that? Amen. So Jesus is introducing a doctrine that's been in the word but not understood by Nicodemus' generation. But there are those throughout the word who did understand it, such as David. David knew that it was a heart connection that made the difference in this life. He knew that a heart connection between God and and man was the answer. In fact, when he fell into sin with Bathsheba, we are, we, we, if you'll turn to Psalms, the 51st chapter, we're not going there, but if you was to turn there and to read, you'll see the lament of his heart that he not only fell into sin and did something wrong, but that he hurt the heart of God. This is why I try to live above reproach in my life. It's not because I'm trying to be some perfect person. It's because I don't want to hurt the heart of the one who extended his grace to me. Mm. I want to live in a way that pleases him. I want to live in a way that puts him in a good light, that causes other people to be attracted to him because they see in me something different. Isn't that your motivation? So in Psalm 51, if you'll remember, he says, Take not your Holy Spirit from me. That is the baptism that you and I walk in. That we have been translated from lost to found. Mm. Separated to wrapped, enveloped in his love. Living directionless, but now with direction because of the one who lives inside of me. We have the earnest down payment of our heavenly home because of the Holy Spirit that resides within us. And Jesus was trying to teach this to Nicodemus. And, it, and suddenly the narrative switches from that story to John and John's ministry to see if there was jealousy between John and Jesus because Jesus was now baptizing and John was the one who had been doing this up to now. And the crowds were thronging to John. But now Jesus has been announced by John. He's on the scene. He's baptizing. And now that he's baptizing, everybody expects there to be feuding factions between the two ministries. Can I tell you, it was never God's intention for the church to be divided the way that it is divided today. 
We should all be of one heart, one mind, and one spirit heading in one direction, and that is toward the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. It took an ambassador from heaven to reintroduce this concept to the church that God himself had established. Think about that. The church of, of God had gotten in such a mess that he had to send Jesus in the first century. Otherwise, the church would have never got what it should have had. You must return to the intimacy of the relationship that is established between God and man in the Garden of Eden. This is the message that Jesus brought to Nicodemus. He said, look, you've got to be born again. You've got to stop walking in the way that you're walking because you have head knowledge of truth, but you don't have the heart knowledge and the experience of truth. So, John has introduced the Messiah, and now... He's letting people know that there is a man from beyond what you know in the earth. As, as Jesus was introducing to Nicodemus, John is building upon that. This man isn't like any other man. This man doesn't have the same flesh and blood origin that you and I have. Yes, he is in an earth suit. Yes, he was born of a woman, but a virgin woman who has a holy seed from heaven. And that holy seed caused this man to be birthed. He's walked in places other men only dream about. Oh, I'm having fun already. So he's telling the people he's more than a man. He's from heaven. And he can tell you the color of his father God's eyes. He who knows heavenly things can introduce you to heavenly things. He is holy. And here's what John said. He's so holy, I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. He wants the world to know he's not just a man. He is a hundred percent man, but he's more than a hundred percent man because his origin comes from beyond. Before the worlds were framed, he was. Mm -hmm. He knows heavenly things. He's so holy I can't tie his shoes. He has set where God himself sets. He knows the mystery of heaven and earth and all of creation, why he was there. Mm. He knows you to your molecular structure. He holds the wisdom of eternity and the wisdom of man through the ages. He knows both. He's only 30 years old, yet he knows it all. He knows what science hasn't even discovered yet. He is the completion of God's desire and intention for man. He's the mentor of angels. He has stood in eternity while creating time and space. 
He has seen the beginning of all things by first traveling to the end before setting it into motion. His words are the building material of faith because faith is the mortar of the words he speaks. Mm. This same man walked in the garden with Adam, rode the ark with Noah, walked with Enoch to his heavenly home, spoke to Moses through a burning bush, sent a chariot to transport Elijah home. He was the guidance system to David's stone that was aimed at Goliath. Mm. You all don't look near as happy as I feel. He rode in on a cloud of glory at the dedication of Solomon's temple. Every prophetic utterance ever spoken, he authored and has fulfilled. And he's actually working on John's final revelation as we speak. He is represented by the four living creatures. He is the wheel in the middle of Ezekiel's wheel. He is the Lamb of God that angels sing about. He is the Lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. He is the Ancient of Days. He is from everlasting unto everlasting. He is the bright and morning star that the sun in its brilliance pales in comparison to. He is the light of the heaven celestial city. He is the river of life that flows from the throne. He is the propitiation of all mankind buying back our favor with God. He is the atonement and the covering of forgiveness that not only removes our sin but reverses its penalty. He is the king of kings and the kingdom. Figure that one out. His name has been exalted to the highest place above all names. In this life, we tout names like Rockefeller. And, uh, this, will really, this is going to separate your head from your shoulder. Trump. We lift up all these names and we think there's something because they've accumulated mass wealth upon this life. Can I just tell you, most of it's out of greed. But we're talking about one who walks on the stuff that they think is important. Jesus paved the streets with gold. His pavement is what I wear as jewelry. Come on, think about that. He is the author of life itself. He is, get this, the faith of God. Do you know if you have faith for something and, and your faith comes to fruition? It was initiated by him in the first place. Mm. His word is the word of God. 
That's why the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Look at this. He is the righteousness of God. Think about this. He walked on the earth with all the holiness of God contained in human form. Yet those who were most zealous in religion could not see him in his brilliance. Yet a little, a little woman who was a woman of ill repute broke through a crowd, knelt at his feet, wiped his feet with her tears, then broke open an alabaster box of ointment and anointed those feet, crying and weeping that the religious world couldn't recognize the Messiah. He is deliverance for the demonized. He is the release of all healing. He is the true essence of God the Father. He is the true essence of God the Father. His features are one and the same. How do you know that, Pastor? Because what did he tell the disciples? If you've seen me, if you've looked into my face, you have seen him. He is the poster child of kindness. His long-suffering nature makes his spirit intensely slow to anger. Aren't you thankful for that? But the fire in his eyes upon his return, make no mistake, is not aimed at you or I, but at the defiantly wicked. He is the first martyr of the church. The victim of greed, hatred, malice, and of an antichrist spirit that was loosed upon the man from heaven. Oh, listen, sinner and saint alike, I choose John the Baptist's approach. He must increase. <laughs> and I must decrease. He is worthy of all my praise. He must be lifted up and not the status of a man. He is truly, the, he truly has a title that I never truly will attain anything remotely close to his title or position as son of God. I must decrease. I must humble myself and bow low, self-abased before such a magnificent being. Do you know that he is the one unique son of God, the one of a kind, yet he extended to me adoption. And the world is waiting for the revelation of the sons, plural, 
off of God. That's you. Take your finger and go, he's talking about me. I've got to hurry. How much time do I have? He is God Almighty. We're talking about Jesus. He is God Almighty. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He is Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. He is Jehovah Shama, the ever-present God. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is Jehovah Shalom, my peace. He is Jehovah Nisi, my banner, and Jehovah Roi, my shepherd. He is omnipotent. That means that he is sovereign. There is no one in this life who has the right to tell him what to do. He is omnipresent everywhere at once. He is omniscient, all-knowing. He knows everything. You can't hide nothing. He is perfect and complete. He is immutable and unchangeable. He is transcendent and above all. He is spirit and not limited to physical attributes. He is omnipresent. He is personal and relational. He is free without bondage. He's never been fettered and he never will be fettered. He alone is God. He's all loving, all just, completely righteous. He's all merciful. He's the very essence of God. He's the creator of the universe. He's eternal. He is holy, complete, and flawless. And how can we stand in his presence? John is crying, I am unworthy. I must decrease. I must bow. I must worship. I must groan for mercy. I must cry for salvation. I must see me as I am undone. I must make room for him in my heart or I will be the most miserable of all creation. I must fear hurting or harming his divine reputation with my frail limitations. He must be seen for who he is. I must, I must only be seen through his grace extended in his blood sacrifice. The only place where I am complete. He's complete in holiness. He's clean, pure, righteous, and worthy. Now because of the blood of the Lamb. Oh, John, teach me how to exalt him. Teach me how to humble myself. He must increase. And I must decrease. And if that seems like a shameful plug for the 330 conference, it is. Think about this. Come on, Passion Church. It's time to humble ourselves even more. We didn't get here being a, uh, uh, didn't, being a, what am I trying to say? Arrogant, thank you. We didn't get here being arrogant. Why would we start now? No, God's got so much more. Take a look around. There's not a lot of empty seats in here. Now, when our children, granted, go back to class, there are several adults and children that won't be in this sanctuary. But listen to me. 
those nice wide aisles, enjoy them for the first few weeks because God has told me that we're going to we're going to increase, and as we increase, those aisleways will get shorter and shorter and shorter. <laughs> hmm. We must, Passion Church, humble ourselves because it's time that Cameron in our region sees his increase. Yes, I'm going to say something. Someone grabs smelling salts and the, a fan because Pastor Steve will pass out on the front row. But this ain't big enough. every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Thank you for those of you who visited with us today. God bless you. Please come back. Be family with us. You won't find a more hospitable people than these. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your strength. And I thank you for the message, Father that we must always remember that without you, we can do nothing. That if we ever get self-absorbed, we will miss out on the real blessings of the kingdom of God. So, Father, I pray across this room that you will touch every heart and every life in a very powerful and special way. If my worship team would make their way to the platform, with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask real quickly. You're here this morning, and you've heard what I've said, and it something on the inside of you said, you know, I don't know him like you do. I don't know him in that way. I know of him, but I don't know that it's deep and intimate and personal, but I would like for it to be. If that's you, while there's no one else looking around, would you just real quickly just lift your hand right up? Just lift your hand. Any place in this building? Yes, thank you. Father, I thank you for your presence here today. If you look at your life today in all honesty and you go, you know, I need to decrease a little more. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I got mine up too. Me too. Me too. Father, I pray for this one who raised their hand. Lord, I know they've been to the altar before. I know they know what to do. God, I just pray for that individual right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want to know you so deep, so intimately that nothing could ever shake my faith from you. I want to know you from the inside out. I want to walk in boldness. I want to walk in holiness. I want to walk in strength and power and goodness. So I release me 
my self-preservation and my trying to make life happen on my own terms. And I trade my will for yours. And I ask you to be the Lord of my life. All the days of my life. I give you my allegiance, Lord, forever. In Jesus' name. brother after service come tell me come let me know you prayed that prayer for those of you who raised your hand and say I want to make sure I decrease in his presence would you raise your hand just quickly father we pray the prayer of dedication God I get hung up in life sometimes sometimes life gets bigger than than my ability but I bow and I decrease in your presence that I might put you in the right and proper light that all the days of my life will count for the kingdom and that everyone that I come in contact with and influence will be influenced for the kingdom and kingdom's sake. I dedicate and rededicate my life to you. In Jesus' name and all the saints said, amen. Amen. Amen.